the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, the midterm elections are all over, and it's curious to see what the outcome has been. However, even with that, there is late breaking news. From the White House, SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston joins us on a Wednesday, not on a Monday. Greg, welcome back, friend. How are you? Thank you, John. I'm doing well. Hi, Kathy. Great to be with you. So happy to have you, Greg. Okay, so let's start with the late breaking news. Jeff Sessions has resigned as uh, attorney general. Tell us if you think this was compelled or if you know any information about it. it. It does appear to be compelled because in the first line of the letter that Jeff Sessions writes to President Trump, he says, at your request, mm. I am submitting my resignation. That, so sure. it's very, pretty clear from that that he is being forced out. And Trump announced this on Twitter, saying he was pleased to announce that Matthew Whitaker, the chief of staff uh, to Sessions at the Justice Department, would become acting attorney general. And that tweet came out about an hour after the president finished uh, a long-running news conference in the East Room of the White House. And, you know, this is a relationship that was troubled for a long time. But in the tweet, the president thanked Sessions, wished him well, and said that he'd be nominating a permanent replacement at a later date. I see. So uh, rarely in the history of the presidency has there been such a public dislike between the commander-in-chief and a member of the administration. I mean, this was acrimonious almost from the beginning, wasn't it? What's interesting... John, is that Jeff Sessions was the very first United States senator to announce his support for the Donald Trump candidacy and and, and run for the White House. And he was an active figure on the campaign. So they got off to a great start. But just a few weeks into the administration, after the president took his oath of office, it was a decision by Jeff Sessions to recuse himself from the Russia investigation. And that is where the relationship soured. The president Mm -hmm. really blamed Sessions for uh, leading the way toward the appointment of the special counsel, Robert Mueller, because of his recusal in the Russia investigation. And ever since then, the president has belittled and criticized Jeff Sessions on Twitter and in public statements, and it's been a very toxic relationship for a very long time. Okay, so if Sessions is out, I remember Donald Trump saying in his lengthy press conference today that there would be changes. It's the midterm, it happens, this is, you know, people, he kept saying this is a very exhausting job. And so people can do it for a while and then they have to back away. So he said changes will be made. What about any other changes uh, beyond Jeff Sessions? Well, we don't know for certain, but there have been some rumblings about other potentially other cabinet officials that may leave, although the president said earlier today he's uh, he's largely happy with uh, the members on his team. Ryan Zinke has run into some potential ethical issues, and the president says he's going to be reviewing those. He likes Zinke and the work that he's done in uh, his administration, but it's, it's it's he's perhaps on his way out if, uh, if there are some other problems there. And we're always looking at the communications area of the White House to see if there are any changes. The, the job of press secretary is a very difficult job, and uh, Sarah Sanders has had it for a, a good while now. 
year and a half plus, and uh, we'll be interested to see if she stays on the job. If you ask the president, uh, and he was asked about her today at the press conference, he likes her, thinks that she does a stand-up job in defending him and, and the administration. It's a question, really, if maybe she wants to move on and do something besides uh, be the press secretary. I see. Now, he was also asked about General Kelly. Any information about him? Yeah, you know, this is an on-again, off-again rumor that uh, that John Kelly's going to be on the way out. We thought that he was going to be out uh, one or two times in previous months, and uh, they they continued to, to work together in the West Wing. This is a very this is a very natural time in a presidency in an administration to have these kinds of changes. So I you know whether it's John Kelly, whether it's Sarah Sanders, somebody else in the cabinet, it would not be surprising uh, to the least. And there's a there's a lot of burnout. People uh, in the administration and going back previous administrations, they often use this window of time. Uh, before the new Congress session begins to uh, perhaps look at jobs in the private sector. I see. I'm sure that's a heck of a lot of work. I'm sure it's very intense. So, Greg, let's uh, let's turn to uh, last night's election results. The uh, so-called anticipated blue wave was not necessarily a wave. It was more like um, a big splash. Yeah? Yeah. There were all sorts of uh, predictions that, uh, you know, in both the House and Senate and governor's races and uh, it was just going to be overwhelmingly uh, Democratic victories across the board, and that simply was not the case. Now, Republicans have something to cheer about today, as do Democrats. And the president at his news conference today, he was, not surprisingly, minimizing the losses uh, in the House with the Democrats taking control and was emphasizing uh, what he said was defying history by not just maintaining the Senate but adding to the Republican majority in the Senate. So he was uh, obviously looking at it uh, from his own perspective. He even at one point said that <clears throat> that he thought uh, it was he was extraordinarily happy with the results and he was pressed on that by a couple of reporters because if you listen to him at his rallies the last uh, few weeks he was uh, you know really saying look we don't want Democrats in control we don't want Nancy Pelosi as speaker of the house but today the president said he thinks that he might be in a better position to make deals with Congress by having mm-hmm. Democrats running the House and Republicans running the Senate, which I thought was interesting. Well, would it be so? I mean, is there any possibility, any hope, scant hope, that the two I, sides you know, would work I together? Don't, I don't see that, because now everything, and correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, but everything up until from now, for two years from now, is going to be looking towards the presidential election, uh, right? And so the number one thing the Democrats have going for them is that they can speak out consistently and vociferously against the president. Yeah, I I would say largely that is true, Kathy. One interesting thing is when uh, you you are in control of the House, a chamber, as perhaps Nancy Pelosi, if she if she gets you know voted in by her caucus to be the speaker, um, she has to you know be obviously focused about how her party can uh, work on legislation and whatever issues and priorities in the House. Sometimes those issues and priorities may bump up against what other members of the Democratic Party might want to be. Um, all about when it comes to their presidential aspirations. So sometimes it's a very fine line to walk when you're the leader of a party and you've got the presidential race uh, and those concerns to worry about because other members of of your own party uh, might have a different approach. So I would agree generally, though, that uh, there is a lot of bad blood between this president and Democrats and perhaps Pelosi, uh, although they were both sounding 
their best today to sound conciliatory, at least in these first few hours after the election. Well, one person who was unabashedly rejoicing was Mitch McConnell, who feels much better today than he did yesterday. Sure. He uh, he has strengthened his uh you know his position there as as the majority leader and and the uh, the number of Republicans that hold the seats in that majority, uh, giving a little breathing room for the president, which he talked about. He said, uh, when you have some of these uh, these key moderate Republicans who are swing votes and critical votes um, on any number of issues, whether it's the Supreme Court nominees uh, or other issues. Um, then uh, y- y- your already slim majority is uh, made that much more difficult. So he found some real breathing room in having um, some additional Republicans in the Senate uh, in, in, in case there, there are a couple of GOP senators who get peeled off on, on some of these uh, important votes. We're speaking with Greg Clugston. Greg is the SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, uh, there was a news conference today that President Trump uh, uh, heralded for more than an hour, almost an hour and a half, I believe. He took one question after another. You, of course, uh, you're traveling now, uh, not at the White House itself, but you listened and watched along with the rest of, a, 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 well, a large part of America. Mm-hmm. What were your impressions of the press conference? Well, um, in, in some ways, it's typical Donald Trump. It was freewheeling. It was uh, all over the map. It was combative. It was uh, a little bit of humor thrown in, a few surprises. The one surprise I'll, I'll point out, which I thought was interesting, I mean, surprising in one sense, but just the way it unfolded, uh, he was asked if Mike Pence was going to be his vice presidential running mate in 2020. And he said, well, you know what? I haven't asked him yet. He turned over... Uh, and looked at Mike Pence, had him stand up and said, Mike, would you like to run with me in 2020? And the vice president said yes. So uh, these kinds of uh, these kinds of news conferences um, are interesting because we get a lot of access to the president when he's coming and going and getting on the plane or getting off the, the Marine One helicopter at the White House. But he rarely has a solo news conference at the White House where he will take question after question like we saw today. Uh, and so we saw him sparring with reporters and at, and at times, uh, you know, very, very directly telling them that they're not nice people and enemy of the people and sit down. So there was a lot of contention in that room. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he was uh, still at the, at the center of attention, uh, even as a lot of people were digesting the results from the election yeah. last night. Yeah. And depending on your political perspective, I'm t- telling you, those two sides, the press versus the president, boy, they're even more dug in than they ever were. I mean, it was shocking. It really was. I, I thought the press at every opportunity tried to take the president down one cheap shot or peeling back some layer of something that was untoward They even or asked ugly. him if he thought God had anything to do with last night's election. Holy that? smokes. I mean, really, this is unprecedented. But to be honest, I appreciated the way the president handled the press. I mean, he was strong and wasn't going to be made a fool of. Of course, you know, oftentimes he can, you know, poke himself in the eye with his uh, himself anyway. But really, I thought it was a really good showing. He did a good job today. You know, and his his base of support uh, is completely behind him on this. And I saw that uh, covering these rallies. And when he ever gets to talking about media criticism and fake news and all that, the the place just lights up. And so he's really he he knows that that pushes the button of his supporters. At the same time, you've got uh, reporters from CNN and NBC and other places that know how to push the president's buttons by refusing to sit down when uh, the president wants to move on to the next questioner. Uh, and then that gets the, the back and forth. I, I, I do think that there, um, 
from a from a journalist perspective here, I do think that some of the attacks from this president and the White House against the press are uncalled for. Yet at the same time, uh, I am sometimes unhappy with the uh, the performance of reporters and uh, the attitudes and some of the opinions that uh, come forth in their question and their interaction with the president. So I'm a little bit of two minds on that issue. Yeah. All right, Greg, last question for you, because we know you have to catch a flight. Um, You've been following the president for the last, I don't know, however many weeks you've been, uh, you've been traveling with him. I, I, I got to tell you, that, that man is like more than 25 years older than me. The pace he keeps is shocking. I, I mean, can you, you know, verify that or talk about what it's been like to travel with him? Yeah, absolutely. He, you know, he just in the last six days leading up to the election uh, did 11 rallies in eight states over six days. I was uh, on the road with him for four of those rallies over two days. We covered nearly 4,000 miles uh, last Friday and Saturday. And if you watched uh, what he did on on, on uh, Monday night, the election eve, uh, he was wrapping up the third of three rallies on Monday in, here in Missouri uh, just before midnight. And uh, a lot of people were, were leaving the venue before his speech was over. They had waited all day. Uh, in not very great weather to be there to see the president, and that uh, he was still going strong. So you're absolutely right, Kathy, yeah. saying that he's got a um, he's got a lot of stamina, and uh, he doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Wow. Well, Greg, no matter what, these are fascinating times. We appreciate you being in one of the front seats of Watch It All and to talk to us about it with us. So thanks again. Hey, it's a pleasure. Great to be with you midweek. Oh yes, yes. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.